come to conclude our best of 2019 episodes because two weeks ago, Ryan McNulty talked about Detective Pikachu and other things. Last week, I talked about the fact that I love that the Nintendo Switch has this uh, pretty good amount of physical game support, but now it's time to have Keith Hamilton have the floor and unleash the uh, best movies, the best games, the things that he's experienced on 2019 on this episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode each and every Sunday, people. We're getting ready. It is the final episode of 2019, so we got to make it count with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico, joining us from Boston, Massachusetts. Ryan, are you ready for what uh, Keith has to offer, and can we actually air this? I hope so. Uh, I'm definitely curious uh, what, what Keith... Uh, experienced in 2019 what was really his favorite i have a feeling it's going to be more game heavy if i'm not mistaken i was kind of the more movie heavy guy so as someone who did not play a ton of new games this year i'm definitely curious to see what keith enjoyed so maybe i uh, have some good recommendations going into the next year to play and speaking of the man of the hour too sweet Me? to be sour. And actually, you, you are pretty damn sour. Keith Hamilton. Keith, how I am sour a are you? miserable human being. I'm like, you know when you just fill your mouth with Sour Patch Kids and you feel like your throat is being ripped out of your, uh, ripped out of your body? I'm like that sour. I don't know if anyone's eat, anyone else has yeah. eaten them to that level, but sure we'll try it and see what happens and then you'll Actually, know exactly no. what it's like to be me i think i'm good i think i'm good but if everybody <laughs> enjoys the conversations you can leave a five-star review on apple podcast it's all that good stuff but keith uh, we've been talking about the sort of top three favorite things you know favorite podcast episodes so when it comes to 2019 and your favorite things uh what jumps in your noggin right now so I will start off by saying that this was really hard this year, my favorite things of 2019. I've honestly gone through like 17 iterations of that list, and I have a giant list of honorable mentions of things from all of those iterations. But we'll get there. The thing that I'd actually like to start with is what I'm calling my favorite 2018 thing of 2019. Basically something that I played this year, that came out last year, that I should have played because it would have been on my list and it would have been very high on my list if I did. And that is Spider-Man for the PS4, the uh, the game that came out in the summer, uh, Obsidian Spider-Man. That is pretty close to a perfect video video game as far as I'm concerned. It's one of my favorite open world games in years. Just the way that they nailed being Spider-Man that in that game. still the shrink wrap one? No, uh, I actually okay. have this, but I haven't he, he played it He put it, it up on cam for the audio listeners. It looked, yeah. it had a lot of shine on it. Sorry, yeah, because I was gonna say, my wife is the that one was, that uh, That would it. be a crime if you haven't played it yet. It's just sitting in the shrink wrap. Because the way that they like perfect the movement of Spider-Man has to be commended. It's so good. I would almost call it a perfect game but the taskmaster challenges in that game are such garbage that it really just knocks it down a couple pegs for me but it's i wish i played it last year so i would have talked about it in my list last year it is that good and i recommend everybody go play it all right so on to 2019 we'll start out with my number three thing which is, it's not a game, but it's a mode inside a game. And that is the Battlegrounds mode in Hearthstone. 
Now, we've mentioned in the past that uh, both Ryan and I have a very love-hate relationship with Hearthstone. Where it Mine's started all hate out, now, by the way. Yeah, it started out with a lot of love, and then we slowly moved into hate, and the hate just kept piling on. And I found the game to be very boring and repetitive. It kind of fell into this very expensive cycle of expansion releases, and you had to put like hundreds of dollars into the game just to be able to keep up with all the new cards that were getting released least multiple times a year. Then came along Battlegrounds, which is something that I've always been interested in from afar, that whole AFK uh, arena style battler, like your team fight tactics and your auto battler. That's what they're called, auto battlers. And that phenomenon that happened throughout the year, just how this crazy thing where you just select units almost turned into an esport. But I tried it a few times, didn't really connect with it. Just the, I guess the whole Dota hero thing didn't really resonate with me and I didn't make sense of it. But having my previous knowledge of Hearthstone made Hearthstone Battlegrounds the perfect entry point into the auto battler arena because I could take all these cards that I had been using and seen for all of these years and then basically give them new life where I had the understanding of like, oh, okay, there's this card Baron Rivendare that makes death rattles happen twice. I know what that does. I think they would be really good in this type of deck. And then kind of watching it take off and all the different styles of play that are in it with all the different heroes. I've fallen in love with Hearthstone Battlegrounds. It's probably, I play at least two or three games a day. I wouldn't say I'm good, but I'm getting better. I'm, I love Battlegrounds. I love it more than Hearthstone at this point. Hearthstone is a, a free-to-play game, free-to-play card game for those who don't know. And in your case, Keith, because uh, it is available on Android, iOS, PC, where are you playing that? I am playing it mostly on the PC, and then when I decide to hate myself, I try and play it on mobile. But there's a issue with animation time in Battlegrounds, and trying to play Hearthstone on mobile, dealing with that, it's not the ideal experience. But if I'm not going for, like, the world's best, it's still fun. Do you guys think those type of games do benefit? I remember when uh, that was first announced for mobile, you know, you both were like super hooked on that, right? And the fear was like, wow, what's going to happen now that, you know, we take the PC game, you bring it there. Did you find that that increased your time with Hearthstone or was it just kind of like, eh, I prefer to play at home, you know, after work? Kind of in the way that... I don't like playing competitive Hearthstone on um, on mobile because, like, you're you're a bit limited with the things you can do when you're when you're trying to increase your rank and fighting against the limitations of a mobile device. Like, oh, you uh, pick the wrong card because you swiped the wrong the wrong thing. Well, all of a sudden that costs you a rank on the ladder, so you've just lost like 20 minutes of progress because you fat-fingered one thing on a phone. I'm not a big fan of that, and I think Hearthstone doesn't, uh, doesn't really play itself well to the mobile style in that way, but when you start to consider things like uh, the single-player modes in Hearthstone or the tavern brawls, that's where it really shines in mobile, in my opinion, that um, you can kind of get these... Uh, these not as um, these not as demanding experiences and still be able to play the game. So it, it shines that way for sure. Ryan, you had yeah. mentioned uh, the the hate relationship. What about that? I mean, I'm 
I'm done with the game. I really, I, I don't want to go back <laughs> to it. I was Battlegrounds a try. No, it's no, good, Ryan. He's, he's, <laughs> he's trying to quit. I mean, he quit, yeah. but he's trying I, to not I go back. World of Warcraft. Just let me have one That's addiction true. You've at got, a time. You've got your drug. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the sad it's part. cool though. I, I didn't know what it was. I, I had been seeing the whole Battlegrounds thing, and I, I, I had no idea what it was. I just had been kind of seeing all the streamers I used to watch. I still follow them, so I still saw that they were streaming this Hearthstone Battlegrounds thing. I had no idea what it was, but then you mentioned Team Fight Tactics. Again, something I don't really know how to play, but I am semi-familiar with that as well. So knowing that it is essentially an alternative, a Hearthstone version of that. I kind of have a better understanding of what it is. Don't know if I'm going to check it out, but it is cool to know that it's out there. I'm glad Hearthstone's trying something different to kind of stay competitive because I feel like they seem to be kind of fading into obscurity. I've been, I felt, I, I don't feel like they're quite the, the powerhouse that they were a couple of years ago. Absolutely not. With all of the card games that have come out in the last little bit, they're kind of hanging on by a thread, and Battlegrounds has done a lot for them. Yeah. The the thing I wanted to say as a follow-up to your previous conversations with uh, World of Warcraft, my wife is officially playing World of Warcraft now. Uh-oh. So, it's like, oh, no. like Cla- She's classic? actually playing it right now. Wow, classic. Like, she classic. hasn't played classic. She hasn't played classic, but I'm watching her play that as both of you talk about Hearthstone. It's like, no, no. I am not going to go back. So, Keith. It surrounds talk, talk. you. Now, go to the honorable mentions, Keith. I'm, I'm scared of this part. All right. First, I'm going to go to number two. Let's keep, let's keep the happy times rolling because we talked a lot about my number two in your episode as well, but it is just so good that I had to bring it up again, and that is the 2019 version of Resident Evil 2. Probably my, actually, absolutely my favorite video game of this year. The fact that... It set a new gold standard for remakes. It's 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 remake is kind of the wrong word. It's more of a reimagining of Resident Evil 2 and I think that's why it's so good because this year and like last year there have been a lot of remakes and some of them have been good but most of them have been subpar. Like the Crash Bandicoot one awesome, the Sparrow one awesome. That medieval one that came out a little while ago, eh, kind of kind of the shits. But oh well, the uh, what they did with RE2 as far as I'm concerned is absolutely phenomenal how they took this game from my childhood that I consider to be perfect. It's an amazing game. I've probably beaten it over 30 times. And then the fact that they could take that and make it even better is just, it needs to be commended. It, Like I said, it is the gold standard going forward of what remakes or reimaginings of video games should be. And just everything that they nailed in that game is was amazing. Like how Mr. X became this this thing that you could kind of cheat into this like killing machine that just followed you constantly and how they took the, uh, they weren't afraid to take chances and make things go out of order or out of um, like out of place in uh, comparison to the uh, original game, how they didn't like have to recreate it shot for shot. It really worked to its benefit to make a great 2019 version of one of my favorite video games ever. Which console did you play it on? Because I played it on PC. I played it on PS4. 
because yeah. I don't um I just have like my PC in my office here and I wanted to play it on like my TV, my big TV with my sound bar with all the lights off and I don't regret it for a second. Ryan, you got to play it plus Seriously. So the whole thing the, the we, whole we've thing had about the conversation, uh, yeah. Um, but just to reiterate, uh, I after we played the original PS One version, it certainly got me more interested in Resident Evil. So it, it's on my list of things to to check out down the line. But as I mentioned before, um, I'm more interested right now in checking out some of the PS One and PS Two games of Resident Evil before I kind of jump into the remake i think i want to experience some of the other storylines and, and things like that just to get a better understanding of the series i'm one of those guys that likes to kind of have the full context of a series like if i'm going to get into it i want to play the whole catalog and i know i'm that's an uphill battle when i'm talking about resident evil because yeah there's a lot of well, ground the nice to cover thing there. is the nice thing is you don't need to cover it all because they've remade and reimagined it so many times that you can kind of go through like the greatest hits like everything there's like a big piece of time where you just don't need to play all of those offshoots because they turned it all into a light gun game where you had this like this 20 hour survival horror experience that they turned into a three hour level in a light gun game. And it makes it makes it easy to see the story and go through all that. So I'm, I'm a little jealous of that, to be honest, because you can go yeah. through it kind of quick. So something that is worth pointing out, we're publishing this on a Sunday, but this is being recorded before the Game Awards and other stuff like the state of play. So obviously there's, there's all, all the stuff going around yeah like everybody watching and listening probably knows like about the resident evil 3 remake uh some yeah. some stuff leaked on the psn uh store so it is pretty much happening but there's a good chance everybody is way more up to date than we are so maybe we'll react to that in a little mm -hmm. while later i real talk i don't want that game huh. at all it's mostly because i'm afraid of it like with, oh, with, yeah, with yeah. what they did with Mr. X, I can't even imagine it for Nemesis. And I just it scares want a the new freaking outbreak because I know they're gonna they're <sighs> gonna announce that they, new they, one. They have that thing. What no. I don't remember what it's no. called, but there's an oh, online resistance. Game. It's called Resistance. Resistance. That's it. Fall of Man. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, That's the no. wrong Resistance. <laughs> Not that one. But yeah, it, it looks so bad. I know it was like a proof of concept that they were working on. Ryan, it's like a four player co op survival game, but it looked awful because the the rooms were so small that you have these four characters like bumping into each other trying to get through mm. one door and once again it's a concept but it's like don't don't show that that was bad but hopefully we see something better so keith what's up next buddy all right it's honorable mention time i'm just gonna go through these rapid fire these are some things that were on my list at some point, but either got moved around or moved off. I'm just going to go say a quick sentence about them on to the next one. All right. Mario Maker 2. I had like a sweet, sweet month with Mario Maker 2 where I just enjoyed playing levels going through it. I'm happy that it exists for the Switch because I never got to play the Wii U version. I'm happy that I can pop in Mario Maker 2 anytime, check out the hot levels, and then put it away again. Avengers Endgame. It was really hard to take this off my list because Avengers Endgame was a phenomenal movie and 
the culmination of this phase of the MCU at the end of that movie is probably one of my favorite things in a superhero movie ever. That big sprawling battle scene, it was incredible. I loved it so much. You deserve all the credit in the world, Avengers Endgame. Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm still in the honeymoon phase in Pokemon Sword and Shield as we speak. I've... Even though there is some faults in this game, they've streamlined parts of Pokemon that I've always been interested in enough that I've completely fallen in love with it. And I'm deep in competitive Pokemon and breeding them, and I'm having a blast with it. I I was going to say, you know, I got a lot of problems with it, but I'm also 70 hours game played at this point. So, you know, it's got to be doing something right. Exactly. It's, It's so much fun. If... It's hard to... Everything that... uh, All the critiques that came out are pretty much in the rearview mirror as far as I'm concerned. And Sword and Shield are great games. Frozen 2. I love Frozen 2, guys. I thought it was a great movie. Like, unironically. What did you think about the first one? (laughs) I... I didn't see Frozen when it first came out. I kind of got to Frozen after Let It Go had been beaten to death. So it kind of dampered my um, my view of Frozen. I still think it's a good movie. I think it's a really fun movie. I, I love the first Frozen. I just I skipped through Let It Go. I still haven't seen either of them. Mm, but oh. any movie that has like an 80s power ballad in it that works deserves points as far as i'm concerned and frozen 2 you did it and i love you for it interesting yeah tetris 99 another game that i had a sweet 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 love making weekend with where i did nothing this year was that last year i thought tetris 99 was this year that was this year because they introduced that with nintendo switch nintendo switch online right right that was like the big free hook i think you're thinking of tetris effect which was one of the uh one of the big vr games from last year nintendo online came out in 2019 i thought it was longer ago but Nintendo yeah. yeah, we're Switch going to, I think that Nintendo Online came out late last year, but I think Tetris 99 came out in the summer as far as I'm concerned. Can you fact check this or are we going to have to delete this whole section of the podcast? Uh, <laughs> no. look in, look Either in, way, it could in. be another, uh, I could just be throwing you for a loop here. Okay, okay, wait a minute, wait All a right. minute. So, it came out February 13th, 2019. All right, Tetris we're in 99. the clear. Right. It came out we're this good. year. It came out this year, damn we're it. We're good. Yeah. All right, Tetris 99. What a sweet, sweet weekend we had <laughs> in 2019. To start the whole thing again. What a sweet, yeah. sweet weekend it was in February of 2019. It was a talking about Tetris Canadian effect. winter night. Exactly. I cuddled just up me next to my Nintendo and a long piece and a dream, if you know what uh, I mean. The and long piece came in. You know what the long piece is called? You know what the long piece is called? My the hero. oh yeah, oh, that too. <laughs> because when you're in a tight bind, you need a hero. That's what I love. Tight binds and long pieces. So I know that throughout the year that they've added a lot to Tetris 99. I kind of fell off of it once I won a game of Tetris 99 because I was obsessed with it for a while. Wow. And they've added a lot of, like, cups and special event to it. I I think they're still adding things to this day. And I honestly think it's one of the best they had games. They some Pokemon edition of it. Yeah, they had, bit. like, a Pokemon event leading up to Sword and Shield. I think they've been doing that with all the big Nintendo releases throughout the year. And Tetris 99 is awesome. If 
I'm at the point where I think Nintendo Switch Online is worth having, and you get that game free for Nintendo yeah. Switch Online. So there's no reason not to play That's Tetris Super Nintendo 99. Library, though. Super. They finally they finally added uh, six games. Uh, Did they? It took took Did three they? months. Like Breath of Fire two, uh, Super Punch Out. They added a few. So it's like oh, it's, so I've seen it post they them adding games because I I only checked out the Super Nintendo games like a month ago and I was like oof yeah the new yeah, games are pretty available weak. beginning the twelfth so by the time this episode goes live those new games will be available mm-hmm. they need to add more games in there Kirby Superstar because that's going to be in there Kirby Superstar. Oh my god, is it? All right, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Nintendo Switch Online, best thing ever made. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then my final official honorable mention is Outer Worlds, where this is a game that I came to solely because I had Xbox Game Pass, and this is the reason why I'm so high on Game Pass, is experiences like this, where I didn't really want to shell out $80 for it, because video games cost $80, $90 in Canada, but the fact that it came with Game Pass, I jumped on it immediately, and I was very disappointed with Fallout 4, and this game was pretty much everything I wanted Fallout 4 to be, where it's more like colorful and uh, vibrant and more character-based instead of world-based because the Bethesda games have kind of taken the route of it's more about the world you're in with a few fun characters sprinkled in where Outer Worlds is more about your crew and all the different uh, character types that are in that crew and it's got a very cool aesthetic to it where it's steam uh, steampunk space. I saw a lot of comparisons out there to uh, Firefly and this Ooh. game makes me want to watch Firefly because if this is the aesthetic, the kind of the the uh, style of it, the tone of it, then I am on wait, board wait. for Firefly. You haven't watched Firefly? I've never seen an episode. Oh, my heart. I think you said it one time a long time ago, but yeah, you really need to. And, and by you saying that, I'm intrigued because ha- have you beaten the game or have you only been playing it? Uh, I haven't beaten it. I'm I'm pretty deep in. I'm probably like 30 hours into it, but I get sidetracked easily in games like those. Because something that I appreciated as a Wizard of Gore, longtime listener supporter, and a couple of other people pointed out that it's got the Fallout vibe and world, but it is shorter. So mm-hmm. they say like, look, some people were complaining. For me, that's like, hey, awesome. I've always wanted to play a Fallout-like game, but I'm not going to dedicate 80 hours to a game. Well, so I mean, if you're telling me that's going to be shorter. pretty short if you just do the main quest. Yeah, but like that that's part of the of the appeal, right? Like the side quest. The question quest stuff. is is Outer Worlds a glitch fest like no co- compilation that Bethesda's games are. It's like shockingly polished for one of those games. They uh Obsidian kind of went above and beyond and it is really polished where you run into I think I've run into like two those type of game bugs my entire time playing it of somebody falling through the floor or a NPC not loading in. It is, they did a really good job with that. It's like, it's like they knew exactly what kind of bad rep those games get and actually <laughs> yeah, did like, something hey, about it. Guess what? We can just make an actual good game and just make it work. Like that's step one, have the game actually boot up, be functional. So I'm very happy you brought that up because I did download that on, on Xbox Everybody confuses Outer Worlds with Outer, Outer Wilds. Wilds. 
Which, dude, like, come on, companies. I, I get it. Maybe you thought of the idea separately, but damn. <laughs> and yeah. both are and those games came out with like a month b- between each other. They did and, no and favors both on for Game each Pass, other. Which makes it even more yeah. confusing. Mm-hmm. And again, if uh, like we said in Juan's episode, if you have an Xbox or a PC, Game Pass is a must get. Even just the fact that you can subscribe for like a dollar and play Outer Worlds for a month. That is more than worth the price of a subscription. Yeah, right now, people, as of uh, December 9th, got to point that out for when the recording date is, you get three months for $1. I believe it's the deal right now, like the holiday deal. Insane. Freaking get this damn thing. Ryan, you buy an Xbox just to freaking get Game Pass. See, dude, it's so freaking worth it. Do it I is have so to? ridiculously. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say, yes. don't do that. That is a bad investment because no, Scarlet is right around the corner. But if you have a PC or you already have an Xbox yeah, it One. It seems like the whole landscape is going to change very soon. Yeah. All yeah, right. So happen. that wasn't fast at all. So, all right, let's move on to my, uh, my number one thing of this year, my top item of 2019 neither game nor movie but as you know i'm a wrestling fan i have a wrestling podcast uh we used to do a wrestling podcast and every time something good happens in wrestling i just get so gosh darn excited about it and And that only happens so many times a year exactly yeah. it's so it's so few and far between that you really just need to hold on to it and just <laughs> never let go of it until recently because even though it's not all great and it's not all where you like hardcore wrestling fans want it to be like myself wrestling stepped up its game and even though the product that i'm attributing it to isn't always the best i think that AEW Dynamite is 100% responsible for res- or wrestling stepping up its game as a whole with just the level that everything has jumped up to in the last few months of wrestling where even though sometimes AEW isn't the best, I'll admit that. I think AEW has its problems, but the fact that things like NXT, like uh, NWA Power, like the pay-per-views that have followed, the WWE pay-per-views like Survivor Series and TakeOver that have followed this October amazement that happened in wrestling. Everything has stepped up for the better in wrestling. And the fact that AEW exists is responsible for it, in my opinion. And Dynamite has been great. Like, it's not perfect, but there's been more good than there's been bad. And that's why AEW Dynamite is pro- is absolutely my favorite thing of 2019. Just the ramifications it had on wrestling as a whole. It gets said a lot, but it's a really good time to be a wrestling fan right now. And I yeah. love it. No, you mentioned uh, NWA Power. Ryan, I, I would love to get your feedback on NWA Power. So they do a show on YouTube, and it's every Tuesday night, and it's only one hour long. It's a studio style. So think of like late 90s, to early 80s, NWA, 90s, WCW, when they had like the sound stage. So it's like a pre-recorded audience, like super bare bones wrestling, but there's something really enjoyable about it. Uh, question mark is amazing. And then with uh, AW Dynamite, I agree. I think that the great thing is that it's no nonsense. It's kind of just like, hey, it's a really good wrestling show. They do struggle to introduce people. Because no they, nonsense, they, huh? 
They yeah. do have some librarians. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they do a pretty good. They're aware. Yeah. Like I think if there's one thing that N, uh, NWA that AEW does that WWE does not do is like they can take criticism and immediately try to address it. Like not by removing characters, but it's like okay, so the librarians. Yeah, it's like the librarians are, are a bit cringy, right? But like they get beaten up in like two minutes. It's like short matches. It's like that's what it is. You know, they keep win loss records, which were wrestling which is a scripted program is obviously a little weird we're not used to that to that as fans but it does create a story and with chris jericho i mean chris jericho was oh a little bit God. of the bubbly with uh lee champion and all that stuff it's so it's crazy good. that in 2019 in the landscape of wrestling of all of the amazing stars that you have chris jericho probably has the best argument for wrestler of the year this year which is ridiculous Dad yeah, bought Jericho. So even though I have not been keeping up religiously at all, I've been kind of keeping track on the internet, but I did actually get to go to their second ever live show and it was a lot of fun and, and I enjoyed it. And it was nice to see AEW basically has the mentality of trying to make wrestling fun again, where you're not being held down with these scripted interviews that you would do. And it's not all in the vision of one 70 year old man, a la Vince McMahon, who is just kind of controlling every piece and not really making it fun. So AEW finally, it, it really just kind of represents wrestler freedom and being able to kind of express yourself and just have a more enjoyable show. It's basically trying to be the show that all these hardcore wrestling fans have been wanting for years, but WWE has been too stubborn to become. So, you know, you have the backing of a family that is really rich and interested in putting on an enjoyable show, Cross that with, uh, you know, a guy like Cody Rhodes, who has a huge passion and a great group around him to put something together. And it, I would say, yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, they're not perfect, as as you said, Keith, um, but certainly something like this has been needed in the American wrestling market for quite a while. WWE needs to get its ass kicked in one way or another, even if it is just against their their NXT show right now on Wednesday nights. They needed they needed something to kind of, you know, jolt wake them and wake them up and and realize, hey, you gotta step your game up too. Uh, so it's something that's been sorely needed for a long time. Agreed. Yeah, so Keith, you brought up a, a, a bunch of awesome things about 2019. Now, in regards to the podcast, we've talked about quite a few different games, movies. We've had off-the-rail episodes. Which one would you say is your favorite and why? So when we originally came up with the idea for A Cast of the Past, my personal goal from this uh, show is to help fill in those uh, those holes that I have in both my soul, my heart, and the <laughs> the media that I've consumed throughout the years. You know, if there's something great that that you guys think is awesome and I never touched it, well, it's a great excuse to do it on this show. The show provides a great catalyst to make that happen. And nothing really encompasses that in 2019 more than our Silent Hill 2 episode. 
episode where it's really I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to do an episode on Silent Hill 2 just selfishly so I could go back and play that uh, game and go through the conversation with you with all the awesome things that that game tries sometimes fails but mostly succeeds at and in it it's it's why i love this show in a nutshell and if you haven't checked out the silent hill 2 episode i can't recommend enough going to uh to at least play through silent hill 2 try it and if you can't get through it watch the rest of silent hill 2 and then check out our episode it's really an incredible experience and probably my favorite experience on this show of 2019 yeah thank you for that and uh I think that even though this is our final, like, official traditional episode, you know, we are going to have a special one uh, next week called a State of the Cast. It's something that, you know, we do every couple of months, plus it's the end of the year. We've been thinking about a lot of possible ideas, concepts, so it's going to be a chance where we can take a look at, you know, some of the things that we can expect from next year, talking about upcoming movies, movies based on classic uh, franchises. You know, Keith talked about remakes. We got the Final Fantasy VII remake. So next week's episode is going to be more of a preparation for 2020 on a cast of the past. So anything you guys want to say in preparation for that episode? Let's let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Come take on, the, guys. Take the I, wheel, Jesus. This, this <laughs> is where you say something, so people are like, "Oh, oh, Ryan's going to talk about how he wants to punch Keith in the face in 2020." That that was the whole thing. You know what's cool about 2020? It's going to be the only time for a thousand years that we get the same number twice in a row, because the next one would be thirty thirty. That is very deep. That is very deep. What about? That's all I got. Wait, couldn't there be like two, two, Shut two, up. two, or something? <laughs> yeah, twenty one, twenty one is the real next is time. Good about twenty twenty. Actually, though, is that I think almost all most of the major f- holidays like fall on a Friday, so it's going to be really nice. Yeah, true. That is very long true. weekends Fun for fact all. for you. But speaking of fun facts, uh, we do have some social media, so a cast of the past and all the usual stuff. Uh, seriously, consider checking out the Discord at castofthepast.com slash Discord and get those questions, get everything ready for uh, next week as we sort of look at the agenda, figure out, you know, what could we talk about next year and, and just have some more fun on to a the cast. Horizon. To What's the out on the horizon past? On the horizon past? Is that like- Us just reiterating that made me realize that I'm usually in the middle. That's why I felt thrown off yeah. in the video version. <laughs> For the video version, I'm, I'm just going to point out. So, my internet died as we were recording the episode and Keith oh, was saying something. Swapped? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so on the video version, things change and it probably look weird. Like, Ryan, don't even edit any of that stuff, whatever, just so people get the live reaction. So, like... I started listening to Keith again, and I'm like, oh, that's a good point. What what the hell did Keith talk about? I hope he didn't ask me anything. But it's good. We put out the episode. You did it. You did we it, did it. We did it, Gunner. One take, Jake. Woo. Yeah. Yeah.